I'm starting a series called One Nation Under God. And so uh, this is all going to be based upon uh, as we're coming up to an election and kind of one of the most important things we do in our country is to vote. And uh, uh, this will not be a political message, but it will kind of be about our responsibility as Christians. Uh, But everything I'm going to preach for the next three weeks is going to be based on the Pledge of Allegiance. And so I'd like to start each week, if you would, if you don't mind, let's all show our respect to the flag, if you would. And uh, we're going to start each one of these services by saying the Pledge of Allegiance. The flag's over there in the corner. If you want to stand and face that, repeat after me, if you would, say this with me. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Amen. You may be seated. I know you're used to hearing play ball and clapping after that. Amen. Amen. Somebody's probably going to play ball here in a minute, so uh, you can say that if you want to. (laughs) But we're going to talk about, oh, by the way, children's ministry. I'm sorry. We started that back up, and I'm still getting used to it. So you got kids, Miss Cindy and her crew and Miss Barbara and uh, all the helpers there, Miss Gail. Give our children's workers a big hand, if you would. Amen. All right. All right. So one of the parts in the uh, Pledge of Allegiance, uh, as you um, as we all said it together, is one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Amen. And so I want, what I want you to understand over the next three weeks leading up to the election, I'm not necessarily going to be preaching a political message, but over what our responsibility is as Americans and to help us to understand that God has a big picture in mind, amen, in everything that happens in our country, including this election. Uh, But ultimately, God's in control. We can only do what is our responsibility and what is our part to do. And so uh, we're going to talk about different parts of that each week. Uh, But today, uh, I'm going to talk about kind of focusing on the one nation under God part, all right? Uh, There's an election coming up. Some people are excited, some people are scared, Um, some uh, want to move to another country. Uh, It kind of just goes all over the gamut, amen? And uh, I'm approaching this election kind of like we approached COVID-19. We are not to operate out of fear, but we are uh, to operate out of wisdom and discernment and, uh, and wanting to walk in God's will. Amen. And so that, uh, that has been my stance on COVID-19 from the beginning. Again, I know we, everybody's got an opinion. And uh, if you ask 100 people, you're probably going to get 100 different kinds of opinions. But we, we don't want to walk in fear, but we want to walk in wisdom and discernment and in the center of God's will. Amen. And so that's a lot of what I'm going to talk about today. Okay. Uh, so put the first slide up there, if you would, uh, Matthew. How can we respond as Christians and be actively engaged, all right? Um, we need to commit to pray for our country. We need to pray to be involved uh, in the election and everything coming up. We need to, of course, vote. And we need to pray for our leaders after it's over, whether we voted for them or not. 
Amen. Now, some people kind of have the attitude of, well, I'll pray for the ones if it's my guy in there. But if it's not my guy in there, I'm not going to pray for them. Uh, listen, that's foolish. Amen. This is your country, regardless of who's in charge, regardless of who's running it. So you better pray for whoever's in there. Amen. That's just kind of a stupid move to say, well, I'm not going to pray for that person. Amen. Uh, whether you like it or not, whether it's your guy or, or person or not, uh, it doesn't really matter. That's going to be the person in charge. So you need to bathe them in prayer. Amen. And so uh, a couple of things in there. We need to be involved. You need to be informed before you vote. And then, of course, the greatest responsibility that you and I have is to get out of our house or get off of our, uh, you know, our blessed assurance, if you will, and uh, and go and vote. Amen. That's the way we do it. You, and if you can't get down there physically, then uh, I know, you know, they're they're offering other ways. That's a whole nother thing to get into. Amen. Uh, but uh, the, regardless of what it is, uh, we need to do our part. And that's really all we can do. And I've always heard it said, uh, you know, if you didn't vote, then you really don't have any room to gripe when somebody gets in there that you don't like. Amen. So it is our major responsibility is to uh, do as much research as we can and then vote. All right. And vote. Uh, and, you know, the thing about it is uh, you're voting for a lot of things. And a lot of people think we're just voting for the person. You're not voting for the person. Uh, it's a lot of times what it becomes in a presidential race is it becomes a uh, personality contest. And it is not a personality contest. Uh, many of you know if you do, if you're into politics, more more of what you're voting for really is issues, and you're voting for stances on certain things and certain issues. All right, uh, so you're not even really voting personality-wise, because some people, you know, uh, are very good in public, good at public speaking, and they're very good at that part of it. But is that person necessarily going to be the best president? Not necessarily. Amen. So, again, don't make it a personality contest. Do your research. Seek out what, that, what each candidate believes and vote your conscience. The best thing I can tell you, too, is pray before you vote. Amen. Pray before you vote. And then, like we've said in all this, try to stay in the center of God's will. Pray as you believe it's God's will, the person to lead our country, all right? So the greatest thing you can do is to pray, 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 and pray, and then go vote, all right? So pray, pray, and don't stop praying, all right? Now listen, I am here to tell you we are blessed to live in the United States of America. You believe that? Now y'all didn't sound real encouraging. We are blessed to live in the United States of America. Amen. Amen. All right. We are free. We live in the land of the free and the home of the brave. Amen. Uh, oh, thank you. You thank you for taking care of me. Amen. All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, we have the ability in this country to do exactly what we're doing right here now. Right. We have the ability to worship freely. And uh, I have freedom of speech. Uh, again, I don't uh, want to give you a lot of my opinions. I want to give you God's opinion, but we are free to be here today and for us, for me to give you God's opinion. Amen. And to read from his word and give you God's opinion. Amen. And so we have the, the freedom to worship. All right. Uh, we have unlimited opportunities. If you want to go out and you want to start a business and you want to start your own thing and you want to uh, make your own money and be your own boss, you have the freedom to do that in this country. You have the freedom, and some of you have exercised this freedom more than others. You have the freedom to have as many kids as you want. Amen. Now, some of you done gone overboard. Amen. Uh, 
but you have the freedom to do that. We don't live in a country that says, well, you can only have this many children. And this, you know, there are countries where that literally is, is mandated. Amen. So you and I, when we say we live in the land of the free and the home of the brave, we mean it. Amen. And, uh, there is nothing wrong with being proud of being an American. Amen. Um, but, uh, we need to understand in God's eyes, America is not necessarily the promised land. Sometimes we tend to think, I think, take it a little overboard. And we think America is the promised land and, uh, you know, all those things. Now, granted, it is where you and I live. And so we should be very conscious of the government and who's running it and all those things. But listen, when God says, for God so loved the what? Not America. Not USA. In fact, I've read my Bible all the way through. I can't find USA or America in there anywhere. For God so loved the... So you and I see with a very narrow scope, don't we? God sees with a much bigger picture. Amen. Now, does that mean that God's not concerned with what's going on here? Sure he is. And, but God sees it in the bigger picture of things. Because everything that's going to happen here is going to affect other parts of the world. Uh, we are one of the strongest powers in the world. And so a lot of what happens here is going to affect what happens in countries overseas and, and different areas of the world. All right. But we need to understand the way God sees things, and the way we see things may be a little different. Amen. Our focus tends to be very narrow and, and at least right here in our own country. But God, as things are happening, sees a plan. And he sees a plan for the entire what? World. Amen. So you and I need to understand that. As much as we love America, America's not the promised land. Amen. Uh, now, there's a lot of great things about it. I believe it's the greatest country in the world. Amen. Uh, but, uh, but it is not the promised land. While we, while we may be strong, powerful, and a blessed nation, we are not God's only or favorite nation. And sometimes I think we can take our American pride a little too far, and we tend to think that that's the way God thinks about us, that we're his favorites. It's almost like we're the, we're the favorite child, you know. And, uh, but God has, again, God came to save everyone. He came with the whole world in mind, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that anyone who believes should not perish, but have everlasting life. Amen. That's the gospel. And the gospel is for the world, not just not just for the United States of America. Amen. So I wanted the reason I wanted to go through all that is we need to approach this election as we are not just Americans. All right. We are not just Americans. We are ambassadors from heaven. Did you know the Bible says that you are to take your citizenship in another place more seriously than your citizenship in the United States of America? The Bible says that you are to take your citizenship in heaven as your number one home. In fact, he says, this is not your home. You're just passing through here. You come from another place. You come from a kingdom of heaven. Amen. And so he says, I have sent you down to this world just like he sent his son down. And we are to what? Be ambassadors from heaven. Amen. So you and I are called to be ambassadors from heaven. Let's put the first scripture up there, uh, Matthew. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 20. All right. Uh, is it 17 through 20 or 7 through 20? Is that 7? Chapter 5, verse 17. Yes, there we go. Thank you. Uh, 17 through 20. Therefore, if anyone is Christ, he is a new creation. Amen. Old things have passed away and behold, all things have become new. Verse 18. 
Uh, now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Verse 19. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing or putting on their account their trespasses to them and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. And verse 20 is the main verse. Now then we are what? We are what? For who? As though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf to be reconciled to God. Amen. That's good stuff. So you and I are an ambassador. An ambassador, here is the definition for an ambassador. An ambassador is the highest ranking diplomat sent as a representative from one nation to another. Now, if you are an ambassador for God, where are you, where are you from? What are you representing from? The kingdom of heaven. Amen. And so we are representatives. We are the highest ranking representative from heaven, from the kingdom of heaven, from God. All right. So in other words, if you were an ambassador to another country for the United States, uh, you would be representing the United States and you would also be representing the president of the United States. All right. You would be the highest ranking diplomat representing both those things. Okay. All right. Uh, so as Christ's ambassador, uh, we are expected a few things as Christ's ambassador. Number one, you are not elected by people, but you were chosen and appointed by God. All right. There'll be a scripture with each one of these. Uh, the scripture with this one is John 15, 16. It says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain that whatever you ask the father in my name, he may give you. All right. You were selected by, you were not elected by people, but chosen and appointed by God. So guess what? According to the Bible, who's an ambassador in this room? Every single one of us. Amen. We are ambassadors to this place from another place, the kingdom of heaven. That means everything that you do should be representing God. Every action you do should be representing God. Everything that you do with your life should be representing God. This is why you cannot drag God's grace through the mud. Many Christians have the attitude, well, it's all under the blood. God's forgiven me, so I can just go out and live any way I want to. And I can just act like I want to, and it doesn't matter because it's all in the blood. No, what you are doing is you are bring, bringing shame to your country. You are bringing shame to your God. You are bringing shame to the name of Christ. And you are bringing shame to the kingdom of heaven. Amen? So you cannot live any way you want to live. Amen? You have got to live as if you were representing the highest, most perfect authority that you can represent, even higher than the President of the United States. Amen? even higher. There is one that sits on a throne higher than the president of the United States. Amen. And the president may think he's in charge, but I got news for whoever it is. They are not in charge. Amen. Amen. All right. So this is how we need to approach this election. It may go your way. It may not go your way. Doesn't really matter because there is another one that sits on a higher throne that's in charge. Amen. So there you go. All right. All right, I got a couple of people with me. All right, good. All right. Number two is Christ's ambassador. You are not a regular person. You are a royal priest of God. 
Woo! Now I'm going to preach myself happy this morning, so you might as well come on with me. Amen? You are not a regular person. You are a royal priest of God. Let's do the scripture for that one. 1 Peter 2, 9. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Now, does that mean United States of America? No. You are a holy nation. That means the nation of the kingdom of heaven. Amen. Again, get your scope further back. Quit looking so narrow. Amen. It's a, we're a holy nation as the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. The Bible tells us that one day all this is going to burn up. All this is going to pass away. There will be a new heaven and a new earth. And praise God, we all going to be there. Amen. If you know Jesus. All right. So, uh, we are his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. That should encourage every one of us. But you know what scares us? We get really scared. We see that holy nation, royal priesthood. That kind of scares us, doesn't it? But I'm here to tell you, you are a holy nation, not because of your holiness, because you serve a God who's holy. Amen. You are a royal priesthood because you deserve to be a priest, because you're perfect? No. You are clothed in the righteousness of God. Amen. You are a royal priesthood, and you should be proclaiming the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Anybody in here been called out of darkness into the marvelous light of Jesus? Then we all should be opening our mouth. Amen. We all should be telling somebody. Listen, the very least you and I can do is go tell somebody about a somebody who died for you, a nobody, and he's going to give us all eternal life. Amen. Go out, share the gospel. If you can't do anything else, we keep invite cards on that table over there. Take you a stack of invite cards. The very least you can do is invite somebody into this house where they can hear the gospel and respond to it. Amen? So we should all be doing that, all right? You are called to be a spiritual influencer. You are chosen, you are called, you are equipped, and you are a priest of the Most High. Now let me tell you what happens. Sometimes I don't like being the preacher. Because you know what happens with the preacher? Every family function I go to, every meal I'm around, every family gathering I'm at, well, there's the preacher. Preacher, pray. And sometimes I just get fed up with it. And sometimes I just say, I don't feel like it today. I'm tired of being the preacher. Somebody else pray. Because here's what we do. We have the mistaken deal that Brother Mark has a line I don't have. Brother Mark's got a direct line to God I don't have. That is a lie. That's what the devil will tell you. But guess what? The same power of my prayer is no different than the same power of your prayer as a believer. You are a royal priesthood. You belong to him, and he hears your cry just like he hears my cry. I don't hold any power in my prayers. I don't hold any power in my hand. Amen. Now, only power I hold is the same power you hold, and that's the power of the Almighty God. Amen? And so, when it's time to pray, pray. You know what happens? And it happens in my house, too. My house ain't no more spiritual than yours. You know, it'll be mealtime. All right, who wants to pray? And I just, I, I, I'm okay with awkwardness. I'll just let it sit there and stew for a minute. Amen? I'll go, all right, who wants to pray over the meal? And then I'll just, I won't say anything until somebody says something. And uh, it can go a real long time. Amen. 
Because guess what? But you know what? As believers, we should be clamoring to pray. Who wants to pray? Me, me, me. I, I, I want to pray. That's the way we should be, isn't it? But instead, what do we do? Oh, we, we sink back. Oh, somebody more spiritual probably ought to, ought to pray over the meal. Brother Mark, you're the preacher. You probably ought to pray over the meal. Amen. It'll, it'll, it probably won't turn to fat if Brother Mark prays for it. Amen. <laughs> the same power that is in this tongue as a believer of God is the same power that you hold in your tongue. Amen. He loves you. He hears your cries. Exercise it. Don't be afraid to exercise it. Next time somebody says that, who wants to pray? I want you to stick your hand up. Me, me. I got plenty to say. I got plenty. I love the Lord, and I want to tell him how much I love him. That should be us. Amen. All right. Um, number three. As Christ's ambassador, you never represent yourself. You always represent Christ. All right. And the scripture for this is 1 Peter 2, 2. That devil is trying to stop us every way he can today, isn't he? <laughs> Amen. Any luck there? Nope. There it is. All right. 1 Peter 2, 2. As newborn babes uh, desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow uh, thereby. I probably, that's probably my fault. That's probably the wrong scripture. Amen. Uh, because that doesn't really go with it. You, yeah, I'm thinking about the grandbaby. That's what it was. All right. You represent yourself. You never represent yourself. You always represent Christ. Now this goes back to what I was saying that, uh, you cannot drag the grace of God through the mud. Guess what? Every one of you, there's somebody watching you. Is that right? If you call yourself a Christian, Somebody's watching you. Somebody in your family who is an unbeliever is saying, oh, look at them. Uh -huh. Oh, they got full of Jesus. Well, guess what? I know you. I know what you did. I saw that. I grew up with you. I know everything you did. I know how sorry you are. I know you're a sinner just like me. Now, of course, you and I know, yes, by all means, all that's true. But guess what? Everybody around you is watching you because they want you to fail. Why? Because if you live in the grace and the mercy of God and it helps you and you move beyond it, you remove their excuses for not giving their life to God. So guess what? They are watching you. Whether you believe it or not, somebody is watching you and they want you to fail. Amen. So please remember that. Remember that anything you do wrong and you make the wrong choice, listen, God will forgive you of it. But somebody's going to be watching you, and they're going to be waiting to jump on it. And they're going to be willing to laugh, and they're going to be willing to say, see, I told you so. They're just like me. And the reality of it is, you and I know, I am just like you. I fail all the time. I'm just living in the grace and the mercy of God, and that's all I want you to do is live in the grace and the mercy of God. Amen? All right. So you might say to me, as I'll wrap this up, Brother Mark, the world's a mess. Our country's a mess. Brother Mark, aren't you worried at all? Um, aren't you afraid it's just going to get, if things are going to get darker? Brother Mark, aren't you afraid that we might lose our rights as Christians? Brother Mark, aren't you afraid that we might be persecuted as Christians? Now listen, all of that could possibly be true. But the thing about it is, again, it's kind of all how you look at it. I'm not convinced that a little bit of persecution to the church in America would not be a good thing. Uh, 
Because anytime God's people became persecuted, they drew closer into God. And a great spiritual awakening happened almost every single time. So I'm not convinced it might need to get a little darker. We might need to get a little more persecuted. Because, like I said, we live in a great country. You and I don't even know what persecution is. But, yes, it could happen. Things could happen that way. But listen, no matter who is elected, your party does not have to be in charge for God's will to be done. Can I say that again? No matter who is elected at the end of this, your party does not have to be in charge for God's will to be done. God was on the throne long before we were born. God is still on his throne after the 2020 election. And if our persecution becomes greater, then guess what may happen? The church will grow stronger. Amen. So guess what? The bottom line is this. It's all good. No matter what, God says, I'm still here. I'm still on the throne. And I still got this. Amen. Now, it's, it's going to get darker. Guess what? Again, all you got to do is read the Bible, know some end times, know some prophecy. It will get darker before it gets lighter. But guess what? Again, I know it's a cliche, but I've read the back of the book, and we win. Amen? It's there, and it's there for a reason, and it's to make us stronger. Amen? So do I spend all of my energy worrying and saying, oh, my gosh, the sky is falling, the sky is falling? Or do I say, whoo, time short. I can see Jesus just over the horizon. He's coming for me, and my redemption draws near. Amen? Amen. I better stop preaching. All right. I'm going to, uh, man, it does not matter if you are Republican or Democrat. It does not matter if who ends up in the White House or Congress or the Senate is more Republican or more Democrat. It doesn't matter. God is on his throne. God is still in control. So let me wrap it up with this last slide. Maybe. <laughs> All right. We are not just Americans. We are ambassadors of the Most High God. We are not to just defend our freedom of speech, but we are to defend our freedom in Christ. Amen. It's wonderful that we have freedom of speech in America, but what we need to be doing is using that freedom of speech to win some people to the Lord and say, you can find your freedom in Christ. Amen. And number three, we are loyal to our country, but we worship a different king. We got a different guy on the throne and in power than a lot of people think it is. Should you pray for your president, whoever it ends up being? Yes. Should you pray for your leaders, both national and local? Yes. Should you do everything in your power to be the best steward of your country and your city and everything you do? Yes. But guess what? We worship a king that sits on the throne, and it is different than what a lot of people think it is. Amen. Again, the president, as much as he wants to think he's in control, he is not really in control. Amen. And God has proven that time and time again with kings and princes and everybody else. They thought they were in control. And God says, I hold everything in my hand and I can turn it just like I can turn the water. Amen. Amen. Bow your head and close your eyes with me if you would. Maybe today you would say, Brother Mark, I don't know about this kingdom of heaven. I don't really know for sure if I were to die right now, I don't even know where I would spend eternity. 
I don't know where I'm at with God. I don't know what my relationship is, and I'm scared. And it's okay to be scared. But I'm here to tell you, God says, I so love the world that I gave my son for you. I gave my son for you. I gave his life for you, for the forgiveness of your sins. So if you're here today, you say, Brother Mark, I'm not sure if I were to die right now where I'd go. I want to lead you in this prayer. I want to give you this opportunity to pray this prayer in your heart. Just say it with me in your heart. Just say, Dear Jesus, I admit that I'm a sinner. And right now, I believe you died on that cross for my sins. And Lord Jesus, the best way I know how, I give you my life and I ask you to save me from myself. Now, if you prayed that prayer today, every head bowed it, every eye still closed. Would you just lift up a hand if you prayed that prayer today for the first time, second time, hundred time? All right. I want to ask you if you've raised your hand to just come down here. God said to not be ashamed of him, and uh, we should not be ashamed of him. If you prayed that prayer and you raised your hand, come on down. I want to ask you to come on down. How many of you would say, Brother Mark, I need to pray for my country. I need to pray for this election. But Lord, I'm not going to worry. I'm going to put it all in your hands. I'm going to do everything I can do. I'm going to pray as hard as I can pray. But Lord, I'm going to give it all to you. If you make that commitment with me, would you just lift up your hand? Thank you. Father, we love you today. We praise you. And God, I pray that God, we would just, as we lead up to this election, God, that we would make a point of our country being founded on you. God, you so love the world, not just the United States of America, but God, we love our country and we want our country to serve you. We want our country to turn back to you. And you promised in your word, if my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven. Thank you, Lord. So, Lord, may we pray, 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 pray some more, go vote, and then come back and just pray, pray, pray some more. Lord, be with our country, be with this election. We ask you right now, God, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And more than anything, may we represent you as ambassadors for Christ. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray, and everyone said, Amen. God bless you.